Welcome to Primary Care Talks. This is our fifth podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Hassan Jahan. Today we're here in Bedford at Goldington Avenue Surgery. We're actually in there, what is a back garden in a log cabin that's been purposely built to house some of the offices. The sun is shining, the birds are tweeting. It's a fantastic day today to do this recording. We're going to be hearing from Caroline and Emma, um, both staff members at Goldington Avenue Surgery, and they're going to be talking about a new AF recognition device. So, so welcome Caroline and welcome Emma. Thanks very much for joining us today here in Bedford to have this conversation. I wonder if I could maybe start um, with both of you, perhaps you Caroline first, to just tell us a little bit about your background and, uh, and, and how you've come to be here at Goldington Avenue Surgery. Yeah, so I'm practice manager here. I've been here for nearly six years. Prior to that, I was working Canary Wharf in banking as a project and programme manager. So I had a variety of roles across a number of countries, uh, quite a different background. Um, coming into the NHS. Wow. Uh, Emma, how about you? T- tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm one of the practice nurses here. There's five of us here. Um, I've been here for five years now, um, previously worked in the hospital settings and the community settings, but have a variety, do a variety of roles within the practice with the chronic diseases and treatment room clinic settings. So quite a varied role here okay. at the moment. Well, like I said, thank you both. So, so today we're here to talk about some innovative technology that you've put in place in the practice with the collaboration of your colleagues and other surgeries. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we had the opportunity through EAHSN to acquire some of the cardio devices which helps us detect atrial fibrillation. And what we've been able to do working with six other practices is create a suite of reports and protocols and templates which has enabled us to put it into a clinical setting really fast and the nurses have, well Emma will tell us, but the nurses have loved using it and the patients have really responded well. Um, So the project itself sounded a bit complicated but the practice managers were so keen we got on and we did it within about four weeks. So Wow, that's fantastic. So from four weeks, is, is, as anyone who's worked in primary care knows, getting something up and running in four weeks is, is yeah, beyond we amazing. Got, once we got the go, we were going to just get it done. Fantastic. Sometimes that's the best way to do it, to actually get it done, yeah. isn't it, rather than debate processes. Uh, Emma, there might be some people out there who think, what's that all about, AF? Um, could you just tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so AF is a, um, a regular heartbeat um, where the, the atriums, which are the top chambers of the heart, are just firing up in strange... Um, strange ways and causing sort of palpitations and irregular irregularities in the heartbeat. So um, it can actually cause quite serious um, conditions like strokes and things like that. So obviously preventing that and picking up early is important for us to prevent any future strokes mm. and, and problems for the patients really in the future. Thank you. And, and importantly, we know that, that there are people out there that can actually have it and not know about it. Um, and that's where this comes into play, doesn't it? Where mm-hmm where people may be walking around with atrial fibrillation and not know it, but put, be putting themselves at risk of, of stroke. And that's where this preventative strategy is going to be fantastic for us. Not only is it better for patients, um, but, but it'll obviously have an impact on, on the service that we're going to deliver, isn't it, in terms of pressure on our services and out in the community as well as in the, in the hospital where you worked. So I, I guess I'll probably ask you, Caroline, seeing as you set this all up, um, <laughs> The technology, do you think you can have a go at trying to describe it for everyone out there? Yeah, so the 
the Cardia device is slightly bigger than a credit card. Um, it's got like two little silver pads on it and you literally just put your fingers on it and it does a 30 second um, cardiac trace. So there's no need for the old electrodes and sticking them all over your body. It's really simple. Um, and then if we get any unusual traces, then we can just send those via a little tablet device. We can just email that into the practice, pop it straight onto the patient record. And if we need to do a cardio referral, we've got a trace that we can send off. Can you tell me a little bit more about just, um, uh, so in terms of the process that you go through? So, so, very, so the device, for, for, for the listeners out there, you can have a look on the EHSN website as well that gives you a bit more info about it. Um, but just from, from, from your point of view, Emma, when you're sat there and you think somebody's coming in, well, what, what makes you decide to use it? Who do you use it on? And what, what actually happens stepwise from there on? Okay, so in our practice, um, Caroline has set up a, um, a recall, so sort of a recall system, so that it pops up onto our screens whenever a patient is eligible or suitable to be, um, for this trace to be done. We try and incorporate it in any consultation that we can, really, but it's, we generally do it in our hypertension reviews or our um, health checks and things like that where actually they're already there for one problem and actually just sort of rounds the whole consultation off quite nicely. Um, so we try and capture anyone and everyone um, as they come in, really. And yeah, like, like Caroline says, the patients love it. Um, mm. I see it as an added bonus um, to the consultation. They can't believe how quick and easy it is. And also, it gives me thirty seconds to finish my documentation. Fantastic. And who's and who's so so, Carolyn? Who are these eligible people? How have you how have you worked out that cohort? So we um, bizarrely, the day that I was putting the um, pitch together when we were applying for the the devices, we happened to have a cardiologist here. So I asked him which cohorts we should target. We've got our diabetics, our hypertension patients. I'm trying to remember the list off the top of my head, I can look it up. Mm. But we basically agreed with him who our target cohort should be. Um, and then working with our um, six other practices, we developed a suite of reports that identified that cohort. And then we just attached a little protocol to those reports so that every time you open one of those patients, you get a little pop-up on your screen that says, this patient would be appropriate. And that never goes away because you can just keep doing it every time because they might have... Um, symptoms that don't appear when you happen to be screening them at that moment. So we've got an agreed cohort, but if Emma or any of the team wanted to do it opportunistically, they can. I know Dr Hood um, at one of our practices um, used it on a patient that came in just with symptoms of dizziness and it came up with an AF diagnosis. And so the, the process from, from when you're there then in, in clinic, Emma, so you've got somebody comes in and they're a hypertensive. So let's say it flags up um, irregularly. I think they come up with suspected AF or normal, don't they? The protocol for us would be then if it's unclassified, we will repeat it again. If that comes back as a similar um, outcome, then we would book them in for a 12 lead ECG and get them checked out from that point of view. So just coming back to the other point where you said, is it Dr Hood that opportunistically did a screen? Yeah. So just talk to me about how, because this is a little device that you can move around and it connects via Bluetooth, doesn't it, to smartphones that are access to, that have access to an NHS net account. So how does it work here and, and how many devices have you got? So in, uh, in our practice we've got three and I think we had 17 that we spread across the seven practices and we bought a tablet device that we use with each of the uh, cardio devices. So each one has its own tablet. Right. So 
and everyone, like for this practice, all the kit's in a box. So it's in a clear box with instructions. So if the GP uses it irregularly and there isn't a nurse around that does use it all the time, they've got the step-by-step -step guide. Um, and if they find something, they've got a way of still getting that information into the practice. So we've tried to take all of the kind of, oh my gosh, what do I do now, steps out of it. Um, and that all of the practices have done versions of that so that they've got like a kit box that they can grab. Okay. Um, typically it's in the nursing rooms because they're the ones that are doing the chronic disease screening in most practices. Um, Dr Hood, because she had a patient with dizziness, thought, why not? Mm. Um, just took the device out of one of her nursing rooms and, and, used, it and used it. So it's completely mobile. You haven't got to have a big old PC that you've got to be hooked up to. So. Whose job is it to charge those tablets up? Because this is a problem we came across in our practice. <laughs> uh, ours are on charge all the time. <laughs> because ah, we had okay. that problem a couple yeah. of times when I went to grab it, it was, the tablet was dead. So we, yeah. we keep it on charge all the time. Ah, that's a good solution. You're listening to Primary Care Talks with Dr. Hassan Chauhan. Um, so, Karen, you said a uh, cluster of practices. So, yep. so you're not you're not doing this by yourself, are you? There's a group of you here working in all in Bedford, or yeah, all in Bedford. All seven practices are in Bedford, so um, we're quite geographically dispersed. So, um, we did a lot of it on email, but we met up and agreed how we would approach it and shared out the work to get ready. Um, and then I was the first one to to get the devices and had a play on, gosh, how do we get the tablet set up? But documented it all. So when we went live with it, we just had a template on how to get everybody up and running. So the principles we've been working to as a group is like you do it once you share it. So when Sandra built the template, um, Sandra works, is the practice manager at Great Barford. She built the template and the reports that run that that's something we share across all of us. So it wasn't one person doing everything. We all took pieces to make it work. And, and out of interest, are you all on the same clinical system? We're all on system one, yeah. So it was it was far easier, yeah. Uh, okay, all right. And is there any one of your sites that's having a lot more success or is anyone site that's actually not having as much success? Do, do you know, is there a reason for that? We haven't been able to pin down any reason. Some of the smaller practices have bizarrely had greater numbers. Um, but we're only kind of two months into going live, so we haven't really been able to look for any trends yet. Um, we'll have our first proper look at trends in a couple of months' time okay. um, to see if we can spot anything we should be doing differently. And how about you, Emma? Have you, do you, are you in conversation with the other the practice nurses? I'm assuming in the other practices it's the same sort of setup where the practice nurses are doing it for their long-term condition checks and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are, yeah. Are they all loving it like you are? or? Yeah, whoever I speak to, they seem to be you know, loving it. Certainly all our nurses are enjoying getting to grips okay. with it and stuff. And, and you, you mentioned um, the patients like it. I think both of you said that, haven't you? So have you got any particular stories? Well, I mean, all of the diagnoses we wouldn't have picked up. You just wouldn't have picked them up. It, it's not something, they're not coming in with symptoms mm. for that. So it's not like we would have just been going, oh, let's do a 12 lead. So we wouldn't have been picking them up otherwise. And I think from what Emma was saying earlier, patients are going away feeling like we've actually given them even when they go away with a normal result, they're feeling reassured, they feel looked after, that 
we've done a proper job for them. They find uh, it quite thorough. They um, feel like they've had a slightly yeah. more thorough assessment and mm. you know, it's a new thing. They've been, a lot of them come for their hypertension reviews mm. every year or their diabetes reviews every year and this is a new thing. They're like, wow, this is amazing. And obviously some of them have had ECGs in the past with all the stickers and when I say, yeah. oh, we're just going to do a quick ECG and I literally mean a quick ECG. They can't quite believe it mm. and yeah, they're quite overwhelmed. They're like, wow, this is amazing. Mm. And, come out and tell everyone on reception that they've had this amazing thing done. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, so I mean, so, so you'll know that we do similar in our practice, one, and it's, it's fairly similar, actually. I must say we're not as organised as you with the plastic boxes. I think I might take that, take that back as a, as a t and leaving them on charge, because that's a, an issue. One thing I have done, and I'm interested to see if any of you guys have used it, is, is I, I keep one on me when, I, when I'm out and about as well now. So for that home visit scenario where you go and see somebody and you want an ECG and let's be honest it's next to impossible to get one straight away. You use that here or? Yeah the guys the GP team have taken it out a few times. One of our regulars we thought was in AF. We hadn't been able to get evidence but took out the card and, and we could confirm that. Okay. Um, I know Dr Reddy at Sharnbrook there he's thinking should we be lending these out to patients? So he's going on to that next step as well. So um, I'm not quite there with our thinking because I think we we probably need to buy some more if we're going to go down that route because um, we've already got, like, we need to use the ones we've got in the practice. Um, but yeah, Dr. Reddy's thinking about going down the loaning out because if, you're, if your symptoms are sporadic, then you know when it's happening and you can get a trace, then... Oh, I see. So you're thinking of um, because I know some private cardiologists do that, don't they? Where they'll loan devices out and give it to patients for for, for people have irregular heart rates intermittently. That that's what you mean, is it? Yeah. So okay. it's like so. I personally hadn't. I had some palpitations, and when I saw the cardiologist, we hadn't been able to track them on a twelve lead or a twenty four hour, mm. and he suggested buying one. So I did, and that's what trapped my personal palpitations, and led to my own diagnosis. So. The benefit of lending them out to patients is very clear to me, um, but as a practice, I can't see how I can get there quite yet for my own patients. But I think that's that's kind of our next step. So, so tell me about. I didn't realise that you've um, you've used it yourself, and so so you kept that quiet. That's one of the reasons <laughs> for your your interest in it, is it? Is that? It's why I was aware of the the device. It was one of the reasons it kind of sparked my interest when I saw um, the proposal from EHSN. So yeah, I'd already used it. So. So, so tell me, uh, maybe a question for you, Emma. Actually, let's see. Um, on a bigger level, across you know, across the NHS, do you think it's something that we should be plugging more, using more, or, or? certainly? I think we discussed some statistics the other day, didn't we? And, mm. and for the amount of um, reduction of well, prevention, sorry, of uh, strokes and things like that, it certainly you know it would make a massive impact. What was the statistics you were? So I think it's every 25 AF diagnosis prevents statistically one stroke and the cost of a stroke is something like 15 or £20,000 in the first year to the NHS and or social mm. care. So just a one year cost of saving one stroke, which we've now achieved in our cluster. We've just tipped over the 25 diagnosis, which is great. Um, yeah, so we've already statistically saved a stroke and statistically saved um, money for the NHS. I'm guessing that locally the commissioning group and the hospital are really appreciative of, of your efforts in terms of 
the, the impact that it must have on, on their workload at the hospital and, and, and maybe even you know, the finances at the CCG. Yeah, for sure. They're, um, I think they want to just get some more data from us over the next few months, but they're already looking at how can they implement it across the whole CCG. So it's certainly in their minds to do as a larger scale project. Once you see the difference you can make to lives, yeah, we're going to save some money, but actually we're going to change some patient lives, which is more important. And have you had, uh, forgive me, I don't know how many practices there, there would be around this patch, but have you had other practices approach you saying, we want in? Um, not directly. There's another practice in Ival Valley that um, was part of the bid to EHSN, so we shared all of our information with them. So I think they were a little bit later getting up and running, so I haven't heard from them how they've been getting on yet. Um, but I think everyone else is just kind of waiting to see how we, okay. how we get on with things. So guys, this sounds like a brilliant innovation, doesn't it? I mean, in terms of the prevalence impact on your practice, in terms of the benefit for the patients, benefit for the local health economy, um, everything seems to be, be moving forward. It's also an exciting technology that's portable and you can use it without restriction. You can use it in the surgery, you can use it in patients' homes. So what are the downsides? Have you come across particular challenges to using it? Or have you come across some flaws or things that you think actually, you know, that's, that's what's maybe even restrictions that's holding us back on our ability to go further? The only real issue that springs to mind is the Wi-Fi. Um, so we've got NHS Wi-Fi in all of the practices now, mm. or I guess in nearly all of the practices um, in the country because it's a national scheme. Um, but unfortunately, we can only use the public Wi-Fi aspect. And in some of our practices, that public Wi-Fi reach doesn't necessarily get through the whole building. The technology of the device is fabulous. The technology within the practice on the Wi-Fi is a little bit patchy. And there's ways around it. So when I've had it, I've hotspotted off my phone just to get a signal and then you can still email it. And it's still secure because you're using NHS Net. So. But you just have to be a little bit creative to get around things ah, sometimes. Okay. And so just to be clear, that, that's just about once you've done the recording and then yeah, yeah. sending it to link it to the it's patient notes. nothing to do with the recording. The recording itself is absolutely fine. It's just how you get it. If you've got a confirmed trace you want to put on the notes, it's how you then email that into the practice and it's using Wi-Fi to do that. And that's let some of the practices down. Right, okay. Um, but we've raised that issue and we're trying to work with the local IT teams to, to improve that. Uh, so we, we know that in uh, that NHS England estimate there's, there's around 400,000 people in England that are undiagnosed with, with atrial fibrillation. So what impact do you think this technology could have on patient health and, and the burden on primary care services? So I think there's massive potential for improving outcomes for patients and their families and carers. So from a, from a person perspective, huge potential to change their outcomes and their lives. From a financial perspective, again, huge potential to, to save money for the NHS and social care. If we're preventing strokes, then we're materially changing outcomes and saving a huge amount of money um, across the system. So yeah, huge potential. So, so Caroline, Emma, all, all that remains now for me to thank you both for taking the time to talk to us. Um, it's been a privilege to, to be able to have a conversation with you about this technology and about how you're using it. It's also interesting to see how, uh, you know, there are some techniques, processes that you're doing that are different to us in our practice and, and 
it really does promote that culture that we should be talking to each other, shouldn't we, about how we use technologies within our practices because I'm sure we can learn from each other. Um, one, one, one request, if that's possible, is that there might be people out there who, who maybe don't want to approach the EHSN but maybe want to approach you directly about how your cluster came together in terms of putting in the bid or how you're using this process. So would it be okay if we put maybe your contact details on the out with the podcast, Caroline, for people to contact you? Yeah, sure, that's fine, yeah. Perfect. So once again, thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Emma. Thank you. Thanks. So it's been great talking to Caroline and Emma today, particularly beneficial as I know we're trying to get it in place in our practice. I don't think we're as organised as they are here, and so I think I've taken some of that on board. I've also quite sneakily exchanged contact details, so I'm able to learn from some of this. And I think we don't do enough of that within the NHS in terms of sharing information, sharing resource and sharing things like protocols around clinical systems so actually it stops people duplicating effort. What is clear from from this podcast is that this implementation has has been a success. We've found patients that have had atrial fibrillation and they didn't know about it. The impact for those individual patients means that we can reduce their risk of getting a stroke. Not only is that fantastic for them and their relatives and their families, but actually as a health economy we know that preventative care actually has to work and we need to be stronger in terms of our presence at identifying such conditions so that actually we're not being reactive and starting to be more proactive. Thanks for joining us today and hopefully you'll join us next time for another episode of Primary Care Talks. With a bit of luck the sun will still be shining and the birds will still be tweeting. Quick reminder, if you are planning local changes or initiatives, always involve NHS England to make sure your plans fit within the national guidelines.